two major WWE returns, a significant milestone for WWE, and Vince McMahon and I were on the same page. It's the Double Turn Podcast, and it starts right now. Great feeling to know that great minds think alike. Yes. Boss Ross, J-Man coming at you. The Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. We are roughly 10 days out from WWE's next pay-per-view, Fastlane. Could have fooled me. There are only four matches announced. We've got another exciting week of programming. Of course, news, three count. We'll have our pay-per-view preview and predictions next week. So much happened so many crazy things, and let me tell you, nothing could have prepared us for what was going to happen Monday night, but before we get there, I have to ask how you are, J-Man. Oh, I'm insulted by the way that you started this podcast. Other okay. than that, I'm doing well. Vince McMahon and I are great minds. Uh, whatever, man. Geniuses. No, 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 you stop that right now. He books for heat, and then I counterbalance it and make sure everything's better. It seems like... After the biggest heel turn of all time, it seems like the J-Man's right on the path of righteousness again this week. So so you're going to hang out with Reverend Devon after the show. You're on the, you're on the path, path of righteousness. Path of righteousness! Meanwhile, Bully Ray and I will go hang out with the Aces and Eights. Why that not? That makes total sense. <laughs> that makes total sense. I, I'm I'm very happy to be doing this show. There has uh, I knew this week was going to be nuts because of everything that was announced, especially on Raw. Yeah. Uh, well, we but- talked about it last week. Uh, we did, and yeah. again, I don't know if I really had any expectations. I wasn't too sure what to expect. I had a feeling in the back of my in the back of my head. I was like, "What if he announces something that we want to hear?" And we knew that we would because WWE wouldn't make a big deal. But I was thinking, "Hey, I'm getting better." Um, and I just wanted to go ahead and say thank you for all your prayers. That's what I was expecting. I didn't expect what we heard. You were actually hoping that uh, the continuation of the Kurt Angle storyline would now also involve Roman Reigns? Uh, you know, as long, what would it have been? That Jason Jordan has a brother and now Kurt Angle has two sons as opposed to just one? Uh, no, it would have somehow involved Jason Jordan uh, not being Kurt Angle's son. And it was all a ruse. And that would set up a WrestleMania feud between Roman Reigns and Jason Jordan. Of course. You know, those two actually do have good chemistry in the ring, though. Let me just clarify that. What, have they wrestled once? Uh, like two or three times, haven't they? Really? I don't remember Twice. this. I don't know. I don't it was a, dude, it's been such a long time. Like, Jason Jordan's been out for a lot longer than we could have Thank ever Thank goodness we never need to see him on TV again. That's He's a horrible up. promo. That's dude, the guy has a busted up neck. The fact that you would even insinuate that. No, he's a horrible promo. I don't a need to see him as a singles promos. push. That's all. Well, Kurt Angle currently right now is a horrible promo. But Jason Jordan can team with Kurt Hawkins for all I care. That'd be you great. would want that, wouldn't you? I would. Kurt Hawkins. Can we go with one episode without mentioning Kurt Hawkins, please? Not at all. It's, it's 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 like. By the way, I have not too sweet. There you go. We had some in and out this evening. It's true. We did. Yeah, I had a three by three. By the way, I am a fat butt. <laughs> I got. <laughs> I am. I'll. I will admit it right now. When you texted me and you said that you wanted a double double, I felt bad about myself. Like I was like, that's terrible. The was, things you hear on this show, let me tell you. You know, it's, we we we're journalists and we are also human beings. Let's just hope you don't lose your mind over Atlanta or Charlotte like you did uh, Lafayette, Louisiana this week. I won't. You or know last why? Week. Because we're on the road to WrestleMania, and here's the thing: when you're on the road to WrestleMania, you don't go to places like Lafayette, Louisiana. You just don't. You go to a place where you know people are going to show up and actually cheer. Like next week, Monday Night Raw, where is it emanating from? One of the best cities in the world when it comes to WWE, Philly. And Philly's going to be pumped up next week because they signed Bryce Harper for 13 years for a lot of money. $330 million, 25 Jeez. a season. And Crazy. that's still not as much as Machado or Nolan Arenado. That's okay. I wouldn't want to be stuck with the Padres for 10 years. Hey, who knows? They, he actually might make them better. But we're a we're a wrestling podcast, not a baseball podcast, so hey, I'm sorry. That know. was my fault. I take full blame for it that. It is your fault. Yeah, I'll admit it. Way to absolutely derail everything again. I sincerely apologize. Yeah. But you take that back. You would. You, you're, oh, me and Vince are on the same page. We are on the we're same page. Geniuses. Why? He books for heat, and I just agree, and I counteract with you. Get the hell out of here you with know that. Why we're, you know why we're minds that 
are thinking alike and that we're great. Go ahead. Tell because me Kofi Kingston's not a main eventer. I love it. We'll get to it. We had two major returns this week. Actually, we had four major returns. Well, you're right. But let's start with the two biggest ones. Okay, true that. So we had Roman Reigns come back. He is in remission. He is. Which is, which, which is tremendous news. Absolutely. Um, his, his actual timetable to return is still unknown. He is still in the middle of filming a movie? Uh, he finished. Okay, they are finished filming yes, the movie. Yes, Hobbs and Shaw is finished, ready okay. to go. So that's good that he's still able to do that. Yeah. Uh, but again, they did not say he's showing up at WrestleMania. They did not even say he's showing up soon. They just said he's back. He's in a better place than he, than he was when he had to relinquish the Universal title. Yeah. So things are looking up for Roman Reigns. They are. So here's the reports from all of that, just to kind of give you a heads up on everything. There are reports saying that there could be a potential six-man tag at Fastlane with Roman Reigns included in said match. Now, for those of you who did not watch Monday Night Raw, Roman Reigns was literally back in action. He did get physical in the ring. He dropped Superman, Superman punches on Corbin and on Lashley and speared Drew McIntyre. Um, so there are reports saying that he will not only potentially be back for Fastlane in a six-man tag, which you would have to assume Rollins and potentially, potentially Dean Ambrose, mm-hmm. based off the circumstances we saw on Monday night. And then other reports are also saying putting him in a one-on-one match at WrestleMania in a quick squash match against somebody like Baron Corbin or something like that. Those are what reports... I've been reading. I don't know how accurate they are, but I can tell you this. If the man got physical on Monday, don't be surprised if he's at fast lane or if they hold his in-ring return until WrestleMania. We'll have to see. Nevertheless, exciting for uh, one of the true main eventers of this company. You know what? Take Kofi away for a second. Just in all sincerity, I am ecstatic that Roman Reigns is in remission. Uh, I posted it up on our social media platform. If you don't follow us on Instagram, go ahead and follow the Double Turn Podcast, and you can follow us, the one and only JMan19, Ross the Real Boss 85. Go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram. I posted up a picture the other day with the fact that Roman was back, and on the caption, I put that I have never heard a crowd cheer so loud in unison after hearing news like that. And I truly, truly believe that I've been watching wrestling since I was seven years old. You've been watching wrestling since you were four or five. We're both around the same age. So what is that, like 60 years combined that we've been watching pro wrestling, essentially? Maybe 50 years? A long time. A long time. We know our stuff for the most part. I've never heard anybody, any crowd, go as crazy as they did for when Roman Reigns announced that he was in remission. And it was genuine. It was beautiful from all... Both of us here at the Double Turn Podcast, this is exciting news. When you and I talked about it back in October, we were heartbroken about the situation. We were heartbroken in the sense that we don't, we didn't know what was going to happen with Roman, let alone the wrestling part, just as a human being. And for him to be back four and a half to five months later, in remission, ready to go. Now, to clarify, in remission is the cancer is going away from the body, and it's gone, but it has the potential to co- of coming back. I would like to clarify that. But he has beaten it a second time as of right now, and we are ecstatic. Welcome back to the big dog. That's all I got to say. You know who was not welcomed back with open arms from the WWE Universe? Kevin Owens, who also made his return this week in uh, in what was essentially a big segment. Huge. They- they started SmackDown this week with a contract signing, which you know how I feel about those. Yeah. They're awful and they waste time and nothing ever good comes from it. With the one exception of Dave Batista picking Raw and powerbombing Triple H through the table to set up their WrestleMania 21 match. That was a That great was awesome. Segment. That made sense. Yes. But that's one instance in about 100 that no one should ever care about because they don't mean anything. So... That was also because he was the Royal Rumble winner and he had to pick a show and there was drama and they built it up correctly. It was you know, great. Like television's supposed to be. Yeah. We'll get to Dave Batista in a moment, but Kevin Owens came back. Vince McMahon came out right before Kofi Kingston was going to sign the contract to face Daniel Bryan to Fastlane and he said, you're not a main eventer, but I do <laughs> have a guy that is a main eventer and here he is. It's Kevin Owens who's now back after uh, at least weeks of vignettes, maybe months. Uh, of of him taking actually, I think um, the actual it, vignettes of him taking videos yeah, has only been within phone. like the last month. Yep, 
But I know they've been running promos and stuff for him for at least a couple months of him coming back. We didn't yeah. know if it was going to be Raw, if it was going to be SmackDown. It is now officially SmackDown until at least WrestleMania season is over. Kevin Owens is getting a title shot, and those fans were not happy because they really wanted Kofi Kingston to lose to Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. So here's the thing. Let me go ahead and <laughs> let me just say this. A couple, I think last week I mentioned that a certain prize fighter was potentially going to get a title shot at WrestleMania. That prize fighter that I was referring to was Kevin Owens because there has been reports saying that Kevin Owens was going to be the guy to face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania for the WWE title. What happened is... And this is just speculation, but I mean, this is what you and I have basically have to go off of. Vince, not in a non-cave scenario, Vince has seen the WWE's universe's response to Kofi, and he potentially wants to put Kofi versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. So he called an audible, and instead of having Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, he called Kevin Owens sooner. Has him facing. Daniel Bryan at Fastlane, so Kofi can potentially get his moment at WrestleMania. And this is not having to do with me thinking that Kofi's a main eventer or anything like that. I'm just thinking Vince called an audible based off the audience response. I don't want to get in a fight about Kofi Kingston because we differ, but I will say this. That logic sort of makes sense. Yeah. However, you want to bring back Kevin Owens. Why would you waste his return in a situation where he's not going to get cheered? I know, right? And furthermore, this is about as throwaway of a pay-per-view as you're going to get all year. And Why yeah. would you waste a return of, of, well, unless Kevin Owens is not seen as a top guy? Which, by the way, is very possible because we've seen plenty of guys win Universal Championships and win WWE Championships and then never sniff the title again. Kevin Owens is that guy. Kevin Balor Owens, is that guy. Kevin Owens has still yet to get his rematch, and it took Finn Balor how many years? Two years. Two years. Actually, no, more than – no, it did take him two years. It was two years. It took him two years because mm -hmm. he finally got a rematch from Roman Reigns the night after Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam Correct. last year. Correct. Kevin Owens is – Kevin Owens – Return match for a world title is his match with Daniel Bryan at Fastlane because Kevin Owens is still yet to get a rematch from Goldberg. He damn sure didn't get a rematch against Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. So, again, I mean, this is it. I'm not saying whether or not Kevin Owens is a top guy. What I am going to say is what's one thing that you and I talk about on this podcast consistently about? Consistency, right? Continuity, consistency. Continuity. So. The reason why I bring that up is... Logic. Yeah. The reason why I bring that up... Uh, damn, sure, logic. But the reason why I bring that up is because the last time Kevin Owens and Vince McMahon were on the same show together, I'm pretty sure that Kevin Owens headbutted Mr. McMahon in the forehead and busted him up and then frog splashed him right after that. That did happen. But remember that they expect 50% of the audience to have the memory of a goldfish. And you and I have... Are not in that 50%. Are not in that 50%. Yeah. Certainly you're not. My memory's terrible, but certainly yours isn't. Well, so. that's what happens when you don't smoke weed throughout high school or in, throughout your entire life. I'm just saying. Well, that's no, me. or you just don't have an attention span of, like, just click, 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 or which is, you're, which you're, is always is, half the fan base. True, or your head is basically in WCW 2000. Or you're an NXT fan. Ha! That, too. Shout out to NXT. From the J-Man, not from this guy. <laughs> There was one match on NXT that was great. We'll get to that. Uh, so, Kevin Owens, look, I'm I'm very happy Kevin Owens is back. I'm very happy that Kofi Kingston's not in the main event of Fastlane. I don't even care. But because you, but hold on, let, let me just to, just to, for a quick rebuttal. And you said this. I'm so I'm going to go ahead and make sure to give you credit. You said that if the the point is to really build up Kofi Kingston mm -hmm. and get the crowd really behind him. Mm -hmm then this is brilliant because that means what they're doing is they're taking him out of the main event at Fastlane and they're going to put him in the WWE title match at WrestleMania. And if they're going to do that, this is one of the ways to do it. And you said it yourself, and I agree. That's what you texted me. So you're okay with the biggest show of the year having a payoff to which you know Kofi's not going to become the champion. It's not going to happen. I honestly think that if they if they are really pushing this for WrestleMania, 
I could I could honestly maybe see them pulling the trigger and saying, thank you for your hard work of 11 years. We're going to go ahead and repay you with a title win and a one-month title reign. I really could see that. I mean, it would make sense. Okay, again, but then okay, but then are we supposed to say, well, you've been with the company for 15 years, you deserve to be world champion? Not everybody deserves to be world champion. I agree. But, you know, with the way that this man is getting his crowd responses and things of that nature, maybe Vince and and Trips are how long potentially How did, long has Kofi gotten this type of reaction? This type of reaction? Just Kofi. Just Kofi? Mm-hmm. Uh, the answer is never. Three weeks. Okay. Three weeks yeah. in a 11-year career. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's all. No, I know. I know. And I because said this the- last week, and, I, and I, what I said last week was Kofi would have ended up replacing Mustafa Ali had he gotten injured anywhere throughout the year. So don't come at me th- saying, uh, saying, oh, because it's Black History Month and he's a black dude, he's getting the title shot. And this is not you, by the way. I'm just this is a, mm-hmm. for any of the other stupid haters that are all over the freaking social media platforms, you trolls. jerks, trolls. Um, he would have replaced him any point. It doesn't matter. Kofi Kingston is would have replaced him. I don't think that the WWE expected this type of response after the gauntlet. I just don't think that they did. And I don't even know I don't even know what happened. All I can tell you is I was watching it and mesmerized and, and, and being mesmerized in the sense of like how is Kofi doing this and how is the crowd all of a sudden behind him like this after 11 years? Like how did that change overnight? But, you know, what's the what's the what's the phrase? Strike while the fire is hot, whatever. Going to quote the great Planets champion Daniel Bryan, the WWE Universe is fickle. And once again, Vince McMahon and I are on the same page right now, so I'll take it as a win. Finally, the WWE Network crossed a threshold of five years. That's awesome. Just just put that into perspective of, I remember when it first came out, it was a disaster. Oh my God, it was terrible. Like the first, no, not just the first month, not the first six months, the first 18 months of the WWE Network was a disaster. Agreed. They didn't get the subscriptions. The streaming was off. The content was off. They didn't have a whole lot of the library going on. They were going to move. I mean, there were rumors that they were stressing that they were going to try and move Raw and SmackDown to the network eventually. Oh, my gosh. Which, thank goodness, they didn't do that. They finally phased out and put all their pay-per-views on there. It did change how we consume WWE. And so what I will say is, now that we're five years in, it is a much better product. There is much more on there, even though if there's a lot more useless stuff on there. There is a lot of content. They've really grown it. They've really refined it. They've tried to. And really, the only times I've ever really had problems with it are at big pay-per-views like WrestleMania that I occasionally have buffering issues with a quality internet connection. So all that being said... WWE Network, five years. I don't know if the WWE is ever going to not have it at I this point. I think it's a staple of it at this point. For five years, for you to be able to do that, it's, again, you said, it changed the way that we watch not only WWE programming, just professional wrestling programming as a whole. Does TNA even do, I'm sorry, Impact Wrestling, do they even do full-on pay-per-views anymore? Like they, they, uh, they, they, get- have, uh, they have special TV shows that I believe they do four pay-per-views a year. Four pay-per-views a year, and then look at NJPW. So. They go ahead and have a streaming service, and so does Ring of Honor. Or they are on, like, you have to go ahead and pay a subscription to be able to watch them and things of that nature. So it's changed the way that we consume professional wrestling. Um, it's changed the way that we can appreciate it. I think that one thing that really helped out WWE's network was uh, putting NXT on the WWE network, especially when they changed it up to become the NXT that we now know today. Because... If you didn't watch it prior to 2014, you know, when Rollins was there, when Big E was there, um, when all the old school NXT, when it was actually FCW, basically, when those guys were there, it was not the way that we know NXT now. And as soon as they, as soon as Triple H changed it up and made it, you know, with what was it, NXT Arrival, um, NXT Revolution, or our evolution, I should say, all those, that's when NXT became the NXT that we know now. And it's changed for the better. And that has helped the network even cooler. Right now, if you go on to WWE's YouTube page, by the way, shout out to WWE. They just hit 40 million subscribers on YouTube. That's insane. 
That is insane. I think the closest one to them is NBA at like nine million. But um, if you go on to WWE's YouTube channel right now, they've been posting every day either a pay per view or a network special for free um, in celebration of the five year anniversary. Very cool. Yeah. So I've been Very watching. Cool. I've been catching up on a couple things. I watched the WWE 24 on Goldberg, the WWE 24 on WrestleMania 34. Sweet. Yeah. All those. It's cool. So there were two other returns. I know at least one of them is in my three counts. So if we don't mention the other one in either of our three counts, which is next, by the way, uh, it was a lofty news section. So sorry. No, no. It's there. There was a lot to cover. That's why I say lofty. There were two returns this week. Uh, I was way more shocked by one of them than the other one, so I'm sure we'll get to it. Three count is a thing we do here on the Double Turn Podcast where it is the three most important things to us in the world of WWE wrestling. It can be anything, but we mainly focus on WWE. By the way, I am due for a minute of impact. It's probably not going to be this week, though, and it won't be next week, which means it'll be in two weeks. Fair enough. Just letting you know. And I do have a fun segment I want to do, and if we have time to do it, I want to do it, and I realize I just threw it on you at last minute. That's but fine. It was a I cool love fun idea segments. So there you go. Sweet. Eric Bischoff actually uh, tempted me to try something tonight, so we'll Eric, see. Eric, shout out to Eric Bischoff. Good times. He's actually got a really good podcast himself. So. Yeah, he does. There's a lot of people out there that have great podcasts. Jim Ross. Oh, also, total side note, as another piece of news, yeah. Bruce Pritchard is now back with World Wrestling Entertainment. Arn Anderson is not with WWE. So... Bruce Pritchard had to end his podcast to join the WWE again. Just thought I'd throw that out there because he's been basically in every wrestling company not named New Japan. True. Um, Bruce so. Pritchard, um, his podcast was on the WWE Network for a while, too. It was. Yeah. And then he stopped working for them, and then he's had some side businesses. Anyway, thought that was cool. Bruce Pritchard's a very smart guy, too. Yes, he is. Think what you want about him. He knows his stuff. I'm sure that the way that Monday Night Raw and SmackDown went about this week probably had to do maybe with a little bit of his writing, potentially. Maybe. Never know. So three count, I was explaining it, and then I decided to have more ideas out. So it's one, two, three, like an actual uh, three count in wrestling. Three most important things of the week to the J-Man and Boss Ross. I'm actually going to start this week uh, just because I want to. That's fine. I started last uh, week. Here is what I will say. Here is my one count for the week. And... I actually prefaced this, and it's not cheating, because we did have two other returns this week that kind of went, well, not under the radar, but I mean, look, Roman Reigns coming back and saying his cancer's in remission, and Kevin Owens not only coming back, but immediately has a WWE title shot against Daniel Bryan. That was big news, right? Yeah. Ric Flair was actually technically the fifth guy to come back, because he hasn't been on WWE programming in a while, too. So that was a fifth return this week. So, Ric Flair counts. He was celebrating his 70th birthday, which, by the way, if you want to find some crazy pictures, just go watch the uh, pictures that were there of the 70th bash of all the legends, all the celebrities, everybody and every anybody and everybody that would that is a is a fan or a friend of Ric Flair was yeah. at this party. There it was, was nuts. There was a picture that basically, to me, broke the internet and i think you know which one i'm talking about it's uh triple h and chris jericho yes that broke the internet what was it it said oh triple h confirmed to aew i lost it when i saw that i was like that's hilarious so they built this up for weeks yeah and not that long ago evolution came back yes it was it was october it was Orton, it was Triple H, it was Flair, and it was the return of Dave Batista, the animal. Oh, yeah. And we were like, Dave cut the great promo. He's like, Triple H has done everything except beat me. And we had the crazy memes with Orton's face where he's grimacing in the background. It was it was <laughs> great. Flair trying to you know have space. Typical evolution stuff, right? Yeah, it was great. So then Triple H gets hurt. At uh, Crown Jewel. And we have no idea if we're going to have a payoff. To this great promo, this great setup, we don't know if we're going to have a payoff. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking, okay, Triple H gets hurt, it's off, they have to delay this. Dave Batista comes back, drags a cameraman backstage, goes right up to Ric Flair's door, walks in, time goes by, he drags Ric Flair out, he's like, do I have your attention now? Which is funny, because guess who else said, do I have your attention now? C.M. Punk. I found that very funny that the exact same verbiage was used. 
So Dave Batista's back that. with his blue shades. So blue Batista's. Oh, by the way, he also had a blue nose ring. That was awesome because <laughs> Dave Batista is incredible. The man is no doubt one of the best things that WWE has had in the last 20 years. I say that with all sincerity because he's awesome. Heel Dave Batista, where he was wearing designer jeans. Uh, there was also heel Batista, where he lost a match to John Cena because he had his feet taped to As the bottom rope in a last minute standing match. Dave Batista has great com- he has great comedic timing. He does. So Batista's back. Hopefully we have a match with him and Triple H at WrestleMania, you know, because they're going to have like 12 main events. That's another story that I'm not going to fight about. There's one main event, not 12. We also had the return of Matt Hardy, and I was floored. First of all, I'm pretty sure Matt Hardy officially retired, which doesn't stop anybody because Jason Witten's back with the Cowboys now, so nobody's officially ever retired anymore. So apparently the Hardys are back, and oh yeah, the Hardys are another team that just beat the bar. So now apparently the bar have lost to like everybody. That's another story I won't get into. I'm excited that we got to see Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Ric Flair, Dave Batista, and Matt Hardy all come back this week. Returns galore. I love it. Okay. I love everything That's you just said. That's my one count. I love that. Can I just say really quickly, there was a sixth return? There was oh, a no. sixth return. Who? It wasn't a who. It was a what. The World Heavyweight Championship belt made its presence felt on Monday night as a gift to Ric Flair, and I loved it. Oh, actually, we also did see Sting as well. And Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He, he, he noticeably did not shake Seth Rollins' hand. <laughs> Everybody said that. Everybody said that. I felt so bad for Rollins at that point. He ended Sting's career. He what do you did. want me to say? I know. Actually, no, technically, true. he, Triple H, and DX did. Ow. Just saying. Okay. But yeah, the there world- was no reason for Sting to lose at Mania. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care if it didn't make sense that the NWO came out and helped him. And it did make no sense. It was glorious. It I was. still remember that pay per view. Rusev was- came out on a tank. He's been dead ever since. WrestleMania 31 is one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. And I missed it. <laughs> You're, what do you mean you missed it? Oh, I had a chance to go live. Skipped it. Oh, okay. I was going to say, actually, true story. I'll have to go ahead and tell you off air. I actually had a similar story to that. But anyways, I love that. And shout out to the World Heavyweight title for being back on television. They actually need to bring that back and get rid of the Universal Championship. My one count, let me get this started finally, is uh, the Revival need to leave WWE, bro. I'm sick of this. I am sick and tired of this baloney. So let me get this straight. You give us DIY versus The Revival last week in a pretty good match, which I stated was a good match. It wasn't as good as their Brooklyn match or their TakeOver Toronto match, but it was good. And it, what was that? It was like maybe a 15-minute match. It was good. They faced Ricochet and Aleister Black on Monday night, and Ricochet and Aleister Black beat them in like six minutes. These are the Raw Tag Team Champions. Mind you, huh. They have not won a match since winning the tag team titles in two, two weeks ago. They have not won a match unless they've won matches on, on house shows. And I'm going to go ahead and hit you with something because this actually really cracked me up. Let me see if I can find it. Earlier today on WWE social media, um, I think it's Dash Wilder who went ahead and put this up. And this was amazing. I, I, I went ahead and tagged you in it, but I'm going to go ahead and read it out to our uh, – Wonderful audience who listens to us on a daily basis, I think. As a ce- This is Dash Wilder posting this up on Instagram. And he said, As a special celebration to commemorate our historic tag team championship win from two weeks ago, we formally request a full televised entrance on this week's Raw. The Raw tag team champs can't even get a freaking televised entrance. They have to come out during the commercial break, WWE? Are you kidding me? So what do we only care about in the tag team division here? The Usos? And then whoever else is your flavor of the month, that's basically the one I'm supposed to look at it. Like, you're killing me here, guys. You have so many tag teams. And by the way, this is a guy who thinks that the Usos are the best tag team in the world. By the, way, by the way, you, I, I must interject. You, you forgot about the second most important tag team right now. Oh, clearly Shane McMahon and the Miz. That's right. Yeah. That's right. No, that's why I was saying the flavor of the month. They are the flavor of the month. I'm going to go ahead and I'll tell you that all day, every day. I also mentioned that you did not mention New Day, which makes I was me going happy. To, I was just about to, actually. New Day sucks. New Day sucks. Continue. Thank you. 
Jeez. Anyways, it's just, it's disrespectful to the tag team division. Again, I understand that you're looking for new stars. I get it. Tommaso Ciampa, Big Bad Tommy C, Johnny Gargano, Ricochet, Aleister Black. They're studs. They are the four best competitors in NXT today. They are going to be absolute killers once they make the full transition to the main roster. I get it. Feed them other people, please. Do not feed them the revival. Do not feed them the bar. Do not feed them Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. Come on, WWE. You're killing me with your booking decisions when it comes to the NXT guys coming up. You're murdering this. Uh, If the revival don't leave WWE by the end of the year, I don't know what they're going to do. Here's my number two. Please, go ahead. Pretty much counters... Not everything you said. Okay. But some. So they made some, what a lot of people would call, rash decisions of call-ups from NXT. Quote-unquote, gutting NXT talent. Even though that got the people's champion, the Velveteen Dream, the North American title. People are excited about the Velveteen Dream being relevant in NXT with a belt. It's great. What is it with you and thinking that Kofi's not relevant and Velveteen's not Velveteen Dream is not relevant? Next, I'm going to be called Kurt racist, Hawkins is. So. I didn't say Kurt you Hawkins was relevant. Me, when, when the Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder became a tag team again, you were like, "Oh, I like this story. I like the story." That's BS. What the, who the hell cares about Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins? By the way, that's going to be a main event at WrestleMania. Yo, continue with your two count, please. Kurt Hawkins winning a match is going to be a main event. I'm just saying. So, Ricochet and Aleister Black. Okay, so I realize they've been teaming, and I realize they've beaten a lot of good teams. Well, they're in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Yes. Let's clarify okay. that. So you're booking these four guys to be on all three shows, mm-hmm. right? First of all, you can't just have them show up on shows and just lose. I so, agree. So if you're telling me that Ricochet and Aleister Black, who are two of your better guys in the entire company, if they're going to win matches, which, by the way, I don't see them winning the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. I don't. But if your idea is we're getting main eventers ready for when we split up the show again because they're going to do a superstar shakeup and they're going to try and rebalance the rosters, a lot of them are probably going to end up going to Raw because of three hours, but if you're going to rebalance the rosters because, in theory, a lot of your part-timers are either going to be gone or they're only going to show up twice a year. Right, and you won't have to worry about them at all. A la Brock Lesnar, a la John Cena, a la if Randy Orton gets the contract he wants, a la AJ Styles if he gets the contract he wants. Batista, Batista, right. So if your idea is okay, that right there, all those guys I just listed, top spots. Dave Batista's not coming back to not have a top spot. It's the way it is. Plus he's a name. Plus he's going to be in a big feud with Triple H. Cena, Lesnar, AJ, Orton, those are all top guys. So you have to get people ready to at least help fill the gap, okay? We don't know when Roman's coming back, if he's even coming back full-time. We still don't know that, right? I. It was great seeing him in action and hitting Superman punches and spears. We don't know if it's going to be a year. We don't know if it's going to be a month. We don't know if it's going to be a week. We don't know. So at least they're telling me, all right, this guy's a big deal, and this guy's a big deal, And not only are we going to tell you they're a big deal, we're actually going to have them have wins on television. Which, by the way, I understand that wins and losses mean absolutely nothing to this company, but I still want to live in a world where I can watch a match and go, that person or that team is better than the other team because they beat them and it matters. So, when it comes to Ricochet and Aleister Black specifically, because they're still having DIY kind of do this thing on NXT, I still don't understand why Gargano had to lose the North American title. That's here nor there. But all I'm saying is with Ricochet and Aleister Black, at least they're telling me those guys matter. And that's important to me as a viewer. So that's my two count for the week. Just a quick rebuttal to that. I, I don't want to get the, have this get lost in the fray. I am not saying have Black, have Ricochet, Gargano, and Ciampa lose. That's not what I'm saying. I want them to win, very much so, because I want them to be big stars on boat on either show. I'm just asking you right now, you're having them go over on people that they should not be going over on at the moment. 
or at least in the di- in that certain time frame. For example, on a random Monday Night Raw, you why the hell did you have DIY versus the Revival in the Cajun Dome in Lafayette, Louisiana, on a Monday Night Raw when you know for a fact that's a WrestleMania match, that's a SummerSlam match, that's a Survivor Series match, that's a Rumble or Money in the Bank match? Come on, a pay-per-view match nonetheless. That is it. Not a Monday Night Raw random in Lafayette. Why are you having Aleister Black beating a guy who is being groomed as a top guy in Andrade? Why are you having him beat him clean on a Tuesday Night SmackDown randomly? Why? That's my sort of thing. I can understand that you want to give these guys wins. I'm all for it. Just give them wins against guys who don't need the wins on the other side. Okay, very quick rebuttal to that. Why not give them instant credibility and have them beat guys that are credible? Because that, Alistair oh, Black could have beaten Dolph Ziggler, and I would have thought he was credible. Okay, but the thing is that, and again, for those of us that watch NXT, yeah. and those of us that have watched these guys outside of WWE, we know that they're awesome. Okay, mm-hmm. Ricochet when he was Pence, oh, Pence, Prince, Prince Puma, Puma. Okay, and Alistair Black when he was what was it, Trent End? Mm-hmm. I think that was his name. I might be mistaken because I know there's Trent Seven. Anyway, no, Tommy, Tommy something, Tommy End or whatever it was. Anyway, point is, we know these guys are awesome, right? So in order to get the mainstream audience to care about these guys, you have to have them beat guys on television that the fans at least react to. The Revival, they're the tag team champions. I agree they shouldn't be jobbing every match now that they're champions. That's dumb. Tommy End. Okay, so I was right. Tommy End. So you have to have them beat credible guys in order for Joe Blow to treat them like they're credible people. Your points are totally valid, and I'm with you. But unfortunately, a large portion of the audience are not hardcore fans like us. And unfortunately, I, and I'm not lumping you in with me, but we have to accept that certain decisions are made for audience that are not like us. And that's not saying that I'm better than not that audience or you're better than audience. We're just different. And they know that we're going to have, or I should say, and they know that they're going to have us as fans and they have to get those other people on board because they consume it differently than we do. That's fair. That's fair. No, no. You're, but you're, I, yeah. Your points are totally valid. And, I, and that's why I'm not negating them. I'm just saying that that's their approach in that, oh, they have to beat these guys in order for people to care about them. Yeah, that's fair. That's all fair. And by the way, I would like to clarify one thing you just said. We may not be better than most of the WWE universe, but you're damn sure we are better than the crowd in Lafayette, Louisiana from last week. <laughs> My two count. I was going to say it was our truth saying that Cena is his hero. <laughs> I'm going to switch it up and say He's Kevin. He's back on the Lafayette kick. <laughs> But we, I was going to say it was our truth calling John Cena his hero, and I thought that was great and awesome, but I'm going to go ahead and switch it up, and I'm just going to say that Kevin Owens being back and hitting the Stone Cold Stunner as a finisher on, on Tuesday night was crazy to me. I don't know who cleared that. Like, I'm Probably Stone Cold. Off, well, I mean, I had to have been Stone Cold, obviously, but I'm just saying, like, what's wrong with the pop-up powerbomb? Nothing? Nothing. I mean, Daniel Bryan kicked out of the pop-up powerbomb on Tuesday. I'm just glad Becky didn't do it. (laughs) Injured, by the way, too. Oh, my gosh. Anywho, we're talking about Kevin Owens here. Thank you. Uh, Anyways, the fact that he hit the Stone Cold Stunner, the fact that he's back, you know, there was a, a lot of people that were, like, flabbergasted that KO was back, but I'm pretty sure that it was one of those situations that people are still happy that if it's not going to be Kofi Kingston at Fastlane, it's Kevin Owens. And I'll tell you this right now. Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan are going to put on a freaking showstopper in Cleveland. They're going to put on a showstopper. It's going to be amazing, an amazing match. I'm looking forward to it. KO being back. I, I can't speak enough good things about Kevin Owens. And by the way, his new tattoo looks sick. That full-on half-sleeve that he's got going on right now looks awesome. KO, he looks slimmer, by the way. 
He actually looks like he went ahead and dropped like maybe 15 pounds. He looks good. So here's to hoping that those knees really hold up and that he's back to being his normal self. He didn't really cut a promo on Tuesday when he came back. He was very quiet. I did love the stare down with Daniel Bryan across the desk. I thought that was great. The intensity being shown between the two of, between the two was great. I mean, for for those who don't remember, last year's return match for Daniel Bryan with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 34 was against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens tried to put Daniel Bryan out of action again by powerbombing him off the apron. So it'll be really interesting now that D Kevin Owens is the babyface and Daniel Bryan is the heel to see the dynamic between the two and uh, to see the crowd reaction in Cleveland in a couple of weeks. That'll be really fun. But yeah, KO being back and hitting the Stone Cold Stunner. That's crazy. Three count. I am not a fan of Car Crash TV. It had its time. It had its place. But the pacing of it can be can be more sporadic and less jointed than usual. This was the most amount of notes I took on a Monday Night Raw of things that happened in months. And I am perfectly okay with it <laughs> because it was different, okay? You had you had you had two major things going on that night. You had Roman and you had Rick. Okay? Those are the two big things that bookended your show, right? You knew all the major players were going to be there, but this is why, and maybe I'm giving it away or maybe I'm not. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll pull a Russo swerve and not say Raw was the best show. You never know. Monday Night Raw, to me, there are weeks where I say it's the weekly slog, where stuff just exists. This week, however, it was, all right, Roman did his spiel, good. Then we had a match that was high pay or that was that was fast paced, high octane, with the two new guys winning. Great. Then Which we had some the promos. Second best tag team in uh, in the company. Then we had some promos. Then we had a backstage thing. Then we had another match. It was quick. Then then and then that match set up more promo time. Then we went into another match, which set up more things. Which set up a match. Which set up more things. It was fast paced. There was stuff happening all the time. Right. I don't want to see any of the wrestling okay let's put it this way the tag match was good the impromptu intercontinental title match with the angle afterwards where lashley was like you were supposed to get me a title shot and then lashley came out and had a match right after that just everything okay here's my point everything kind of it didn't feel like three hours which was good there are some weeks where i'm like we're only halfway through this. It feels like I've been here for six hours. Whereas this week, it was faster paced. They had a lot more things going on, which again, helps when you have a defined bookends to your show. When you have defined things you want to do, and then everything else just kind of sprinkles in rather than, well, we sort of have a plan and we want to get from point A to point B, but we really don't know how we're going to get there. and We're just going to fill in with whatever. Those end up being terrible Raws. This Raw had a plan, which miraculously made it be a better show. So kudos to whoever put this Raw together, and I realize that we're not always going to have Roman saying he's in remission and Ric Flair's 70th birthday. I realize that doesn't happen every week, but I liked the organization. I liked the flow. I liked basically what Raw gave us this week. That is my three count. I think it was great. I, that was a great three count. Well done, sir. I think that Roman saying that he was in remission really set the tone for the night, and it really changed the atmosphere like you already knew the atmosphere was going to be crazy because you knew Roman was probably going to start the show off and as soon as he came out he received one hell of a pop as he should have um but as soon as he said that he was in remission again the crowd was in unison the crowd was pumped up the crowd was wild and you knew that we were set for a really good show from that point because there was nothing that was going to happen in Atlanta Georgia on Monday night, that was going to go ahead and take away from the good mood because you knew that the big dog was back in remission from cancer. My three count was, it was interesting how Batista came back. I love that Batista's back. Batista's one of the greatest of all time. He's amazing. He's a future Hall of Famer. He has to do with evolution just as much as Randy Orton, Triple H, and Ric Flair do. Like, they are that group. One thing that I just didn't understand was, do I have your attention now, Hunter? When did you not have his attention? When did you lose his attention? When did you ask him for his attention? Did you ask him when you were in the middle of filming Avengers Endgame? Did you send a tweet? Did you go ahead and send him an Instagram post? 
Did you email him and then not get a response back from Paul Levesque? Did you write over to WWE headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut and not get a response back from Triple H? I don't understand whether you said, do I have your attention now? With that being said, yo, Batista's back and that's bitching, man. <laughs> like, it's awesome. Uh, it was great. When he was dragging the cameraman, you go ahead and see it from a very far away distance. And you're like, what the heck is going on? And then you go ahead and see, oh, crap. That's Batista. And the crowd went nuts. I went nuts. I was like, oh, sweet Lord. That's Batista, and he's back. It was awesome. Uh, I'm more pumped up now for Batista versus Triple H than I was back in October, and I was pumped up about Batista and Triple H back in October, mind you. Uh, I think this is great because not only is it the fact that Batista's back, but Triple H can wrestle, which is fantastic. His, his That means his peck is not as bad as it, we thought it was, and it was we thought it was pretty bad because he took a nasty bump in November in Saudi Arabia. So we know he's basically going to have to be cleared, and let's be honest, if there's one 48-year-old that exists in the world of professional wrestling that can still perform at an incredibly high level, that man's name is Triple H. So Triple H versus Batista at WrestleMania 35. Sign me up. Welcome back to the animal. Still one of the funniest memes ever of him and Undertaker, like, fake doing an <laughs> Irish whip because they're both, like, terrible. Yeah, that's yeah. that's still one of it. Like, honestly, that's. That's up there with Titus falling under the ring for me. You know what? Mind you, they both happened in Saudi Arabia. It's true. That's a, that is a fact. You so know basically, because we're journalists. So, so so if you want a funny moment, go back to Saudi Arabia. Boom. Boom. Done. Bada boom. Realist food picker upper in the room. Bada bing. Bada boom. Bada bang. Diamond Dallas Page. What can I say? Everybody's down for the three count. What is it? How does that go? Uh, that would be the stable three count. We should name we, we that involved have, Evan Courageous, Jay, or uh, yeah, it was uh, it was Helms, Courageous, and Shannon Moore. Two of them had uh, futures in WWE. True. We should go ahead and say that every single time we start the three count. Oh uh, no, I don't. I don't need to reference a terrible WCW 2000 stable, even though I do love that era because it's terrible television. Should say every week I come into this studio. What do you have playing on? YouTube? I can't get you out of my heart. <laughs> I knew we were in trouble right from the start. Yeah, that's 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 three count for and you. You say that I have a bad voice and you won't let me sing Hey Mandy, but whatever, it's all good. I right? have a great voice, thank you very much. Also, Tank Abbott was in that group. Yeah, the pit fighter, Tank Abbott. You know, from UFC. Yeah. yeah the guy that fought uh, the the guy that fought in the streets, Kimbo. Kimbo Slice. Kimbo and Tank hey, fought each other. Yeah. yeah. Good old Kimbo. Hey, rest in peace. I never need to see uh, Kimbo versus Dada 5000 ever again. That was one of the worst things ever. I'm well, glad I didn't pay a pay-per-view for that. Okay, I was going to say you won't see Kimbo Slice because Kimbo Slice is no, dead. No, no, yeah. I'm saying I don't need to see the replay of that okay. pay-per-view main event. It was awful. Anyway, that's you, our three count for the Kofi week. I bet you Kingston would have been in that main event and he would have been done, he done no, perfectly Kofi fine. No, because Kofi Kingston's not a main eventer. I love it. That's our three count for the week. We love that segment because it's ours. Matt show segment of the week. <laughs> as I as I totally just broke J Bam with just saying something very simple. Uh, match uh, segment show of the week. I'm actually going to uh, I'm actually going to let you go first. Oh, okay, cool, awesome. Because because I'm because I'm a giving man. You you are. So, a giving all man. right. So what's your match of the week? My J-Man? match of the week, bro. Um, that triple threat for the United States title on SmackDown was something else, wasn't it? Truth, Andrade, and Rey Mysterio, which, by the way, it, was, it started as an open challenge, which, by the way, that needs to end now that because promo everyone that does R-Truth, it. The promo that R-Truth cut at the beginning of that promo, at uh, the beginning of that segment, excuse me, was amazing. It was amazing. He it's talked, time to get crunk. That's, okay, that's I, not I what I was referring that. to. But yes, I, I, I do remember that. Shout mm-hmm. out to R-Truth and Carmella. Um, but it was hilarious. It's like, ever since I was a little young me, my my hero was John Cena. I'm like, John Cena, you're 10 years older than John Cena, R-Truth. Just letting you know. Just throwing that out there. But anyways, <laughs> the match between those three. Our, our, Andrade comes out answering the call and then... Rey Mysterio comes out running behind Andrade and knocks him out, and then we get an impromptu triple threat match. You know what impressed me the most? Andrade did not get pinned. Mysterio took the pin. That was amazing. But basically what it was is Andrade and Rey Mysterio doing their thing 
feuding forever, being amazing wrestlers. Um, they're the ones that held this match together. Our truth got his time to shine a little bit, and obviously he got the pinfall. But damn, that was the quickest nine-minute match I've ever seen in my life, and it was awesome. It was an awesome nine minutes. It was fast-paced. Boom, 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 boom. I loved every second of it. Um, yeah, Andrade, Ray, Wrestle Forever, R-Truth, you're hilarious. So Andrade and Ray can feud until the end of time, basically. basically. Corey okay. Graves actually said said it best. Andrade and Ray need to fight forever. He said that on the broadcast. Fair enough. Corey Graves is a smart man. All right, so... You've known me pretty well now for the better part of, what, two years? It'll be going on two years. All right, so I will tell you that I almost picked Gulak versus Kendrick. Not surprised. I also almost picked the no contest that happened on NXT between Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. That was good. Yeah, I almost picked a no contest as my match of the week. Almost. Well, you one time did pick a no contest on this podcast between Ricochet and uh, Pete Dunne. Yes, because, well... Ricochet and Pete Dunne, and it was a great match that was, was interrupted by UE, Undisputed Era. And they are great. Boom. <laughs> All right, so this should not surprise you of what my match of the week is. Go for it. The no DQ match on Raw between Drew McIntyre and Dean Ambrose. You mean the one that lasted like six minutes? And yes. Did, okay. Exactly. Now, did you love everything, even the stuff after the match? Yes. Okay, good. Very much I was so. hoping that you would love the stuff that happened after so, the match. Here's here's the reason why it's my match of the week. Go for it. If you have watched any match that Drew McIntyre has been in since he's been back. In, NXT included? Let's say the main roster. Okay, fair enough. Because that's not saying that's not saying bad things about his NXT run, because his NXT run was good. It was just cut Every short. Every match... Drew McIntyre wrestles in, which is, by the way, and this is, okay, because the theme of the show is Kofi Kingston's not a main eventer to me. You know what? You know why Drew McIntyre oozes main event? First of all, the way he looks. Second of all, every little thing he does, gesture, move, nuance, anything he does, body language, okay? Everything he does has purpose everything i said or i said late last year one of my one of my top five matches was him versus kurt angle on a raw because the psychology in that match was so fantastic that it flipped a switch as to just telling me and, I, and, and i've been a mcintyre fan for a long time so i love when hardcore matches are done or I should say when no DQ matches happen haphazardly. When it's, let's do this because we want to fight each other. So, Drew McIntyre and Dean Ambrose decided, we're not going to wrestle. We're just going to beat the hell out of each other with objects. Pretty sure Dean Ambrose was wearing two belts on Monday night. Yeah, why not? It was great. Oh, and by the way, when's the last time a, not, not the weightlifting belt that Hogan had, or in other feuds were weightlifting. When's the last time somebody used a belt as a weapon in a match? It was a while I don't ago. even care if it went six minutes. It was fun. I never I was I was I was fully engaged. I knew it was gonna set up some spiel afterwards. That's fine. I accepted that because it's an ODQ match. Anything can happen. It fit in with Raw. It fit in with everything else. Most of the time I pick a wrestling match, which again, which is why I almost picked Gulak Kendrick, because that was that was the exact opposite of the match that I wanted because that was a technical wrestling submission match, which if that's your cup of tea, that's probably the match you pick. That's why I went ahead and picked uh, the, the triple threat on SmackDown because it was two luchadors and a guy who's really athletic. So I just went with the fight. That's I love that. Pick. The fight with two guys that just said, I don't care. I'm going to beat you to death with a belt. Yeah. And you know what I loved most about that entire segment between the between that whole f scenario is the fact that, yes, Roman and Rollins came out. They backed up uh, Dean Ambrose and whatnot. And when they were walking up the ramp, you just see this look of disgust on Seth Rollins' faces. Like, I cannot believe I just came and saved your ass after, after what you pulled five months ago the last time Big Bro was here. You're lucky that he's here. I thought that was great. It's nice little pieces of storytelling on top of the great storytelling that was McIntyre and Ambrose. Good pick. Segment, as I as my voice pops there. I mean, look, we could both pick Roman. We could both pick 
the whole Batista Flair thing. So I don't know what you're going with. Me, myself, I'm just going to skip it and just say, I'm glad Roman's back. I'm glad that he's in remission. It was the segment of the week. I don't need, I mean, look, there was other stuff wrestling-wise that was great. But this week we got to take back, or we got to step back and realize that Roman Reigns is okay. He's not over it. It's in remission. He's on the right path. Maybe we'll see him in a week. Maybe we'll see him in a month. It's tremendous news. It opened raw. That's my segment of the week. From a WWE perspective, from a wrestling perspective, the Batista Ric Flair segment was the, to me, it was the segment of the week. And you could also go with KO coming back and replacing Kofi because, again, the audience was so invested. They were chanting Kofi's name as he was walking away from the arena. You know, and Big E and, and X were going crazy on Vince, for rightfully so. You could say all these segments from a wrestling perspective. From a real-life perspective, Joe Anoa'i being cleared and being in remission, the big dog coming back to take his yard. By the way, I love that Atlanta was saying, this is your yard, and he ad-libbed, and he was like, no, this is our yard. I don't know about you. You're not a very emotional man. You and I both know this. I'm pretty sure that the most emotional man on this podcast is yours truly right here. I'll be, fa- I'll be the first person to admit it. I'm a baby. It's all good. I cry all the time. I got goosebumps. My eyes watered. I have watched this promo, Ross, at least 10 times this week. Every single time I hear Roman say, I'm in remission, y'all. I don't know how you react. I get like all huffy and puffy. I'm like, hold it in. Hold it the hell in. Because it's just so real. It is so real. And to those trolls that are saying that WWE faked Roman Reigns saying that he has leukemia just so he could get over. That's not tro- that's that's terrible trolling and you should be ashamed of yourselves. So shout out to Roman. That was really the segment of the week. Nothing tops it. Nothing tops that thing. That announcement, that promo, nothing tops it. Nothing's probably going to top it for the remainder of the year. Show of the week. I'm pulling a Russo swerve. It's not raw. It's 205 live for me. Again. <laughs> and yes, I have to point this out to you. There was a time where I hated 205 Live. You have said that every single it time. It was the, the worst wrestling show since WCW Saturday Night. It was awful, awful programming for a while. And then all of a sudden they said, let's do wrestling every week. In fact, let's not only do one good match a week, let's do two. So this week it was Kalisto and Tony Nese. Good match. Great match. Tony Nese won. And then we had Drew Gulak and the Brian Kendrick putting on a submission specialist match, which, by the way, go rewatch this. Again, I have a soft spot for Dean and Drew and just physical confrontations, just people beating the hell out of each other because those are fun to me when they're not done all the time. Right. Which they're not. They're not. No, you're absolutely correct. Which is why I still love the uh, – the match between uh, Black and Cole at that NXT that was a hardcore match oh, in, in Philly. Yeah, NXT Philly, that was fantastic. That's still one of my favorite matches because it was so different. AJ Styles and Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules in 2016 sure. was awesome. But again, how many of those do we get a year? How many no DQ matches were just people? Okay, you know what I want to see? I want to see Braun Strowman in a no DQ match against like seven people. Why? Because I know Braun Strowman's going to win because they should book it that way. Because Braun Strowman should be throwing chairs at people that's why and just hurting am- people that's- because that's what gets over. That's why the ambulance match between him and Roman Reigns is so godlike. Amazing. Again, he it threw also the chair. Braun get over, by the way. He threw a chair at Roman Reigns' face. Oh. It's amazing. So, 205 Live. It's simple. Oh, by the way, uh, we now have our uh, tournament down to four uh, to face Buddy Murphy at Mania. Because they do not have a match at Fastlane. So, which is fine. You I'm don't pretty need sure a match I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the last, if the if the number one contender's final takes place at, fast, at Fastlane. And they have like six weeks worth of, uh, of build. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Oh, uh, let's see. Weeks. So we have, let's see, it's Cedric. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Tazawa. 
Is it Cedric Tazawa Nice and? No, I'm pretty sure it's like Cedric Nice Tazawa Gulak. Has to be. Well, I knew it was uh, it was it was two baby faces and then two heels. Right, this so week. it would be one heel versus a face and then the other heel versus another face, right? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I would think so. Yeah, so I'm sure it doesn't be, matter. The point yeah. is, 205 Live, it's an hour. It was cheap. I didn't need to see, you know. Uh, by the way, I'm glad that Drake Maverick is back to being just the general manager of 205 Live, and I've not had to have any more pee jokes on Raw. Well, I mean, that's also because one of the uh, AOP guys is hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I know. 205 Live is my show of the week. Good, good pick. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull another one of last week because I genuinely liked Raw and SmackDown this week. So those two are my co-shows of the week. I'm going with Raw, going with SmackDown. You had multiple great things going on on Raw. You had Batista coming back, Ric Flair being back, Roman announcing he was in remission. Multiple matches, multiple good matches all over the place. You had Leo Rush and uh, Finn Balor having a fantastic match. You had um, Black and Ricochet versus The Revival, which is a really good match, even though it was short. You had Ambrose and McIntyre do... Uh, that little no TQ match, which was a, real, a lot of fun. You had uh, Reigns getting physical again for the first time. You obviously had the Ric Flair celebration for his birthday. And then on SmackDown, you had a very good main event between Kevin Owens and, and Kofi versus Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Go ahead, sir. You were going to say uh, that. So just uh, to interject, I apologize. The four members of the uh, tournament for a number one contender – for Buddy Murphy. Cedric beat Canellis, which, by the way, Canellis cut a promo this week saying he's going to get a match against somebody. I, I don't know what's going on with that. It was actually Umberto Carrillo that beat the outgoing TJP. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, by the way, that's also something we did not mention, and I apologize. All good. Uh, TJP is gone. Atami is now officially gone. And so is Ty Dillinger. And Ty Dillinger, Think hopefully the 10 chants are done. So those three are gone. Unless they start chanting them every time Peyton Royce comes out. Yikes. So it's Carrillo, Alexander, Nice, and Gulak. Which, by the way, I'm happy that Carrillo, who's been doing some really good work on NXT and 205 Live, and Gulak are both actually uh, maybe in the hunt for a, a title shot. I don't uh, even care if Gulak doesn't get a title shot right now. By the way, I've been saying it for forever. Gulak needs to get the cruiserweight title on his around his waist. Uh... They need to get a babyface transition before they do that, but I am fully on board because I do not need Gulak beating Buddy Murphy. That's fair. So, so anyways. Um, no- I'm going to do an abridged version of my idea because we are about out of time. Cool. Uh, they There was a question asked of Eric Bischoff on his podcast, and I kind of stole the idea, which is, if you could have anybody in the wrestling business join AEW tomorrow to make them infinitely better, who would you add and why? To me, it's very easy, but I want to hear your answer so that then I can trump it and look better. <laughs> so if you could, <laughs> jerk, if you could have one person from anywhere around the professional wrestling landscape. Can be a, it can be a wrestler. It can be anybody that's in the wrestling business. You had one person that instantly makes AEW 180 degrees even more relevant by adding them tomorrow. <sighs> Honestly? It's John Cena. It's John Cena. Okay. He instantly makes them better. And I know you're going to say, oh, my gosh, that is such a lame answer. What about AJ Styles? No, AJ Styles, you, I mean, you've already got Kenny Omega over in uh, AEW. You don't need AJ Styles. You don't need any of the indie guys that are over in WWE right now, like Seth Rollins or Ambrose or any of those guys. You don't need them. What you need is that media bankable star that guy who has broken the fourth wall everywhere he goes it's that's not Randy Orton it's not but it's 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 John Cena John Cena is on the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling he's up there he's the guy that will you bring to AEW and that's Hogan going over to WCW all right I have one very simple name of a guy that could absolutely make AEW an even better product than people think it's going to be. I'm going to take a wild shot and say you're going to say Triple H. Nope. Shocked. Not really. Go ahead. You want to give somebody uh, control and have them actually be a part of bookings and ho- and making sure that television and everything else runs smoothly and that everything goes approximately the way your wrestling business should go? 
I'm just an advocate. I'm just an advocate. My name is Paul <laughs> Heyman. It's Paul Heyman. Look, I should have known. Is, it is criminal that they are not using him more than they now. Now, for all I know, backstage they are using him for more than they are using him. Well, he probably has creative freedom over everything and anything he says. But I'm time. saying, do you realize how much Paul Heyman could be helping out with talent, with booking, with storylines? Put him with Ronda. With everything. By the way, he's also one of the last great managers. He could be teaching a class on how to be a manager. He could be teaching promo classes. He could be teaching promo classes. He could be teaching basically anything that's not physical. Yeah. Hire him immediately. And and guess what? You'll have people being like, wow, All Elite Wrestling just signed Paul Heyman to like run a lot of their operations or run booking or run whatever. Instant gold. That's I all agree. I'm saying. On a behind-the-scenes situation, there's nobody better than Paul Heyman except for potentially Triple H. Because Triple H's mind now is different than it was 15, 20 years ago. 15, 20 years ago, Triple H was just WWE, WWF, that's all. Now, T- Triple H, the, the, the corporate guy, the executive vice president of talent relations, knows is it is it executive vice president of talent relations? My name is John Laurinaitis. And I'm the executive <laughs> vice, vice president, president of talent, talent relations. relations. <laughs> just reminds me of that all the time. I thought he was the COO. W and uh, storyline wise, he is the COO. Behind the scenes, he's the executive president. I, I actually of, thought of, he was live both events. at some point. I'm sorry. You know what? He's executive vice president of live events. That's okay. what he is. Fair but enough. anyways, so he's calling the shots. You put him or Paul Heyman in AEW. AEW is set for life. Plus, even though Paul Heyman's an old school guy, Triple he's still, H is also an old school guy. Right, right. But what I'm saying is that these guys do have new ideas, and yes. they and they and by the way, all great leaders surround themselves with really smart people. Absolutely. Why do you think Triple H is surrounding himself with uh, Abyss and uh, Jeff Jarrett came on board? Um, who else is on? Who who else is with him back there? Fit Finley and Road Dog is obviously back there with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shawn Michaels is obviously training at the he- at the well, PC again. It's just it's just putting it's, it's it's putting the right pieces. It's just it's just delegating responsibility. That's all. Yeah, exactly. So. Next week is our pay per view week. We have preview and predictions for Fast Lane, which is a week from Sunday. Can't believe it. We have four matches announced. Just four matches, really. Let's see, Asuka and Mandy. Your girl, Mandy. The Usos against Miz and Shane. Kevin Owens. We have Kevin Owens versus Daniel Bryan. And I don't remember the other match. I know there's a fourth match. I'll tell you here in a second. I know there is. Uh, Oh, The Boston Hug Connection versus Nia Jackson Tamina. Yep, those are the only four matches announced. Yep. So, uh, I'm guessing they're going to add some more. Um, I will tell you right now, we are not going to have a Raw Women's title match. Definitely we are not. not going to have a Universal title match. No. Uh, we may have a United States title match. We may have an Intercontinental title match. I we may have a Raw tag team title match. Again, I just threw out, what, four titles mm-hmm. that might be on the show? The Cruiserweight title is not going to be defended, obviously, because there's a tournament going on right now. No. Yeah. Uh, so... We'll have all that next week. It'll be uh, it'll be a pay per view week, so yes, we'll have no three count. We'll have probably an abridged, or I should say, an abbreviated news section, unless we just have you know seventeen returns again. Never know. Ever since Renee Young came on commentary, it's been return after return after return. It's true. Shout out to Renee Young. There it is. So that is our show for this week. Again, next week, same bat time, same bat place. For the J Man, this has been Boss Ross. We will catch you. On the flip side. <laughs>